The economy's slowing. So, um, you know, we've been hearing how fantabulous things are. Everything's great, wonderful. Yeah, not so much. Apparently, experts uh, in the economy are now uh, becoming increasingly concerned that the economy is cooling faster than what they thought. And a big contributor, of course, is our gutted oil sector. And the crisis has not yet knocked us off course, but there's other factors chilling the economy. All the trade crap with Trump, all the tariff stuff, all that stuff is, you know, starting to drag us down. And so now economists are saying that the negatives are outweighing the positives. And the signal is, of course, the Bank of Canada, which has been raising interest rates slowly. But today they left them alone because there's concern We are about to go into a chilled economy, a shrinking economy. Let's bring in Ian Lee to this conversation. Of course, he's an associate professor over at the Sprott School of Business at Carleton University, and he joins us now. Ian, you know, we've had it so good for so long. We've been hearing about the economy on, you know, running on all cylinders. And now it seems the language is is changing. And I think the Bank of Canada speaks, uh, you know, with action today. Alex, I agree uh, completely, and I've been watching this with just absolute fascination. And I don't just mean today. I mean the last 30 days or so with the, the clouds on the, the, you know, the storm on the horizon with the, the China uh, and U.S. trade talks that could uh, dissolve into a trade or deteriorate into a trade war. Uh, but more importantly, uh, because I don't think it's going to, I think that that will be resolved, and I'm following that very closely in the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times and elsewhere. But the problems inside Canada, where we just seem to be insisting on shooting ourselves in the foot. Uh, and of course, I'm referring to the oil crisis, and it is a crisis in Alberta. This is the uh, third, fourth, fourth largest economy in Canada. You know, Ontario, Quebec's second, BC's third, Alberta's fourth. Um, natural resources have been a critical part of our economy from the very beginning. And I mean before Canada existed beginning. You know, the fur traders and the trappers and that sort of thing. We have always been dependent on the development of natural resources. This is not new. Yeah. And yet, now we have this uh, bizarre situation in Ottawa where... They're not only on the economy side, where they're driving down the road with one foot on the brakes and one foot on the gas, stimulating the economy of $20 billion deficits while increasing interest rates. We seem to be doing the same thing uh, here. Uh, you know, we're willing to throw enormous amounts at General Motors and the auto industry, um, and then we turn around and we don't even put the oil crisis on the First Minister's yeah. conference uh, <laughs> until the premiers say, hey, wake up, hello, hello, there's a crisis. Well, yeah, oh, but, but oh, Ian... There's a crisis. But the, the press release came out today, it's already been leaked, oil is not even mentioned in, in the I release. Know. So I don't even know if it's still going to be discussed, but, but I think you raise an interesting point, that this is not the number one issue in that meeting tells me that the Prime Minister, A, doesn't care, B, yeah. doesn't understand, and C... Maybe he's just trying to pick a fight with these premiers, and he'll get it. I have a different take, Alex. I do. Um, I have been deeply skeptical since he became prime minister Mm -hmm. of his commitment. He has said over and over, we can have both natural resource development and and, and, uh, enhancement to the environment, environmentally strong policies. Um, I have – I'm phrasing my language very carefully – I am deeply skeptical of his commitment 
to natural resource development in Canada. Yep. He did cancel, um, you know, he essentially kiboshed and prevented Energy East because of changes he made that made it impossible to get it through. Yep. He kiboshed very clearly the Northern Pipeline. Yep. Said it isn't going to happen. Ain't going to happen. Even though it was I approved, mean, he, it was ready to go. Yep. Exactly. And 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 then he has put in this uh, bill that went through Parliament very, very recently, he raised the threshold and made it vastly more difficult, vastly more difficult to get energy, any energy project approved. And, you know, when you look at all of these decisions, you know, I don't see how people can honestly believe that he is sincere in his commitment to both energy development and the environment. I actually think he's, my own belief is that he has a hidden agenda, and politicians have had hidden agendas before. This is not a crime. This is not a hanging offense, but it doesn't mean we can't disclose, state it and and bring it to the fore in our conversations. I believe he has a hidden agenda, and that hidden agenda is to phase out the oil sands development in Canada. Yeah, it's not not so hidden, though, because he's openly spoken about that. (laughs) And, And it's not hidden because his principal secretary, who really is, I think, running the country, he's right. anti-oil and he has made it right. known that he wants a green energy economy by 2052. Right. Um, I mean, this thing has gotten so bad now that even Brian Mulroney has weighed into it today saying that, that there's been a, a, you know, an absolute failure of leadership because they've I buckled applaud. to two interest groups. I applaud. I read the uh, the the Financial Post, uh, National Post article on that. I just finished watching the uh, funeral yeah. uh, today because of my great respect for both Prime Minister Mulroney and for former President Bush. So we stayed in and watched the entire funeral from 11 to 1 and watched the the eulogies, including uh, Prime Minister Mulroney's former Prime Minister Mulroney's eulogy. It was very very moving, mm-hmm. and I'm so pleased that he gave that speech in Toronto, um, castigating the failures of leadership um, and noting that he. He has essentially outsourced the prime minister's leadership authority uh, to Engo's leaders of environmental groups and unions when there can only be one leader, one prime minister, just as there can only be one president. And so I was so pleased because I do believe that Prime Minister Mulroney does have stature. I do believe he has gravitas. He's respected. And he doesn't, he's not, doesn't have a game in the, a dog in the hunt anymore. He's not in politics. He's retired. Everybody knows that. And he spoke truth to power. And he said, this is a failure uh, uh, for our country and a failure of his leadership for this country. And, you know, I, I want to put this out there, Alex, for your listeners. I don't have any money involved. I don't invest. I don't consult to oil, gas, energy, any industry, not greens, not unions, not governments. So it's not as if I've got something on the line here where I'm going to make money. I think that this is just a very, very bad policy because it's hurting so many ordinary Canadians in Western Canada. And I don't believe the role of the Prime Minister is to cause harm to any major group in Canada. And I think that this is causing great damage to our economy. And for those who say, well, that's just those people in Alberta and Saskatchewan, they don't even realize that the money recycles throughout the economy. And this has been demonstrated over and over. Those oil companies in Alberta buy stuff, machinery and equipment and pipelines from Ontario. They buy groceries from Loblaws, which is a Toronto headquartered company. 
So this is hurting all of us. Stephen Gordon, the very distinguished economist at Laval, showed how in the last 15, 20 years, our standard of living was, for all Canadians, was significantly enhanced by the revenues that were flowing in from the development of oil and gas in our country. And what's so frustrating is next door, they're doing, yeah. they're developing, they're, they're laying thousands of miles of pipeline that occurred under the Obama years, the man who turned down Keystone, by the way, and continue under Trump. And these same environmental groups are, you don't even hear a peep from them in the United States. Right. I mean, you do on maybe the Keystone up in Nebraska, but you're not hearing them stopping the thousands of miles of pipeline no. throughout the rest of the United States. Well, they get it. But we'll, but, but let, I've only got about a minute left, but let me ask you this. What happens now? We've got the Bank of Canada holding off on interest right. rates. We've got right. oil that's crashing. We've got, you know, auto sector kind of, you know, uh, a little shaky in Ontario. I would say what, do you, what do you say uh, we are looking at in the next six months? Do you, expect, do you think we're going into recession? I do. I do. And I wasn't saying that six months ago. Um, I mean, it's not just because of oil prices. I don't want to give that idea. Yeah. I mean, Europe is, Germany, uh, people don't may not follow what's going on in Europe. Uh, Germany and many of the European economies went into negative growth in the third quarter. Uh, they're declining. Uh, China's growth is slowing down very dramatically. Uh, there's uh, the American growth. If you look at the numbers, they're slowing down. The Federal Reserve is predicting a significant decline next year. David Rosenberg, the very distinguished economist in Toronto, uh, with one of the big pension funds, is just flat out predicting a recession 2020, noting that this is the second longest recovery mm -hmm. in our history, which it is, and all recoveries come to an end. So I think that unfortunately, we're looking at a recession uh, in, so in sometime in 2020. Yikes. That's scary. Those words scare me. Yes. All right. Well, Ian, thank you so much for joining us. We'll uh, chat again. My pleasure, Alex. Thank you. That's not fun. Not a word I like uh, to use. Not like not a word I like to hear. But certainly, um, I think this first minister's meeting is going to be a really, really interesting affair. There are a number of premiers that are going to be, you know, confronting the prime minister, and they are not happy. Never mind the cap and trade crap that they don't want. The carbon pricing—they're going to go at that. But they want that agenda to be what it should be about, which is dealing with the Alberta crisis. That affects all Canadians, not just Albertans. So we'll keep an eye on that. On point, I'm Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio.